We are about midway through the homeschool year, and I thought it would be fun to just kind of check in midway through and share what I'm thinking about all of our different homeschool choices for this year and my thoughts moving into next year, because I'm sure I'll share what we choose for next year. But that way, if you are looking for curriculum this year or different things to try with your homeschool, maybe this will help you out a little bit. Glue. It's messy. It's sticky. It gets everywhere. But it also can be really useful. For us working homeschool moms, when life gets chaotic or overwhelming, we don't need work-life balance because is that even truly possible? We need work-life glue. We need routines, tips, encouragement, and advice from fellow moms who are also living a working and homeschooling lifestyle to help us glue the pieces all together. I'm Sarah, a homeschooling mom to three little girls who is insanely passionate about helping other moms balance work and homeschool and also encouraging moms on the fence that it truly is possible to do both. The Work-Life Glue podcast is for busy working homeschool moms to have a place to chat about this crazy, beautiful lifestyle. It's also for moms who desire to homeschool but need an income and don't know what to do. I'm here for you. I share my own wisdom and ideas and also interview fellow working homeschool moms because we all have so much to learn from one another. We definitely don't have any time to waste, so come on in, get comfy, and let's get started. So let's jump into what we're using this year for curriculum and different things, um, different resources, different activities and things that we're doing in our homeschool. My daughters are third grade, kindergarten, and preschool. And so I'm just going to break down every single thing that I could think of that we're using, and I'm going to share my thoughts on them for you guys today. So let's start with something that we did new this year, which is our morning menus. And that's basically I bought those menus that you can get, like that restaurants actually use where you can slide in papers and they basically have like a plastic sheet over them and you can do dry erase on them. They clean up really nicely. And we use this for our prayer, our devotional. Um, We do our weather. We do our days of the week. We put our hymn, our folk song, all of that kind of stuff that we do as a family at the start of our day, as our, of our homeschool day, we do together using these morning menus. And I absolutely love this. I love having this time together. Um, It's just worked out really, really well. And I've been already thinking about next year. What are some things I could add to this? How could I kind of change it up for each child? Because obviously my third grader knows her days of the week. She can say the date and stuff like that. So what's a way I could make it a little bit more challenging for her or more appropriate for her? Whereas my three-year-old really loves this because she's really learning these things. And my six-year-old is practicing what we're learning. Um, but it's just been such a wonderful way for us to start the day together, um, pray together, do a devotional together, practice our hymn, our folk song, and just get that rotation of picture study and poetry and all of that in at the start of the day as a family. We've just really, really loved it. And I've loved the morning menus because letting them draw while we're doing it really keeps them engaged. They love like writing on it and then erasing it and being able to use it over every single day throughout the whole school year. So that's been really wonderful. And I just plan to keep that next year, but maybe expand upon it a little bit. Um, And then our main curriculum this year is Peaceful Presses, Playful Pioneers, where we're walking through as a family American history through uh, mainly the Little House on the Prairie books by Laura Ingalls Wilder. We'll be reading five of the books. We just finished the third, so we have two more to go. And then there's lots of picture books that um, expand on history in um, you know American history through picture books. There's activities, um, 
there's science experiments, there's a cookbook that comes with it. All of our picture study comes from that. All of our poetry kind of ties into what we're reading. Um, there's We're reading the ology, and then we're soon going to switch over to a picture Bible or like a storybook Bible after we finish that. So I've really loved walking through that theology book, the ology, um, because it's taking biblical principles and then expanding on them and relating it to kids. Um, and it's just been really fun, a fun way to talk about faith and um, the Bible in a different way than we've ever done before. So I've just really loved teaching them about theology um, and kind of looking at like a bigger picture view of the Bible and what it means for us, I guess you could say. Um, so what I have really loved about this curriculum, first of all, is that it's family style. That was a big change for us because the last two years, none of my girls were, two of my three girls were not really school age yet. They were preschool or younger. Um, And now that my second daughter is kindergarten age, I really wanted to get her more involved. But also because we had such a stressful year last year when my dad was in the hospital for a few months, I went into this school year thinking, okay, if my dad's still in the hospital or my mom's really needing my help or something else horrible happens, <laughs> um, how could I make homeschooling a little bit easier on me and take less time in general? Because we were doing Heart of Dakota, which I absolutely loved, which is very similar to Peaceful Press in the approach, um, except that it's not family style. So each child would have a different guide that they're following. But the whole methodology behind it is still very similar basing your learning off books. It's still very Charlotte Mason in a lot of ways um, and very gentle and fun and things like that. But um, so when we went into, you know, one of the main reasons why I picked the Peaceful Press was because I wanted something family style so that my older daughters were together for things like history and picture study and poetry and um geography, like all of those things they would be doing together since they're only two years apart. It's still very feasible that we can learn a lot together. You know, it's still very, you know, it's still challenging for my third grader, but it's um, still something my kindergartner can learn from. She's probably not pulling out as much as my third grader is, but that's okay. It's, It's really exposing her to really good literature and good stories and just American history in general. So I'm just really loving that. Um, I'm loving that all of the subjects are based off of books. I'm, you know, I'm a Charlotte Mason mom, I would say. I have a, I go to a Charlotte Mason co-op with my friends. We do a Charlotte Mason book club. Like I really am attracted to that style and I was an English teacher. So I just love learning through books and I've really seen how beneficial that is to learn through living books and not textbooks because it's, my kids are just diving so much deeper. They're learning more through what other characters have been through. They're being able to empathize with other. They're learning values and virtues and and things like that through these books beyond just the the facts of history and things like that. I really love that it's super easy to implement. It's very open and go besides having like the, the recipe ingredients on hand or any of the activities on hand and reserving books at the library because I didn't want to spend a lot on books this year because a lot of them we just use once or twice and don't go back to them. So I'm just I just bought the theology book because we use that every day and the Little House on the Prairie books and then the Julia Rothman 
like nature anatomy, farm anatomy, and food anatomy because we reference those a lot in the curriculum. Those are the only things I really bought for Playful Pioneers and the rest we get from the library. So I'm loving that it's so easy to implement and I'm loving how inexpensive it is and that many of the books I can get from the library. Those are the things I'm loving. What I'm not loving or wish were a little different, I wish it was a little bit more robust. And I know it's a very gentle approach, but I do wish there was more reading. Um, With Heart of Dakota, I felt like we were doing more reading. Um, And it's kind of funny because the reason why I really wanted Playful Pioneers is because it would be less reading. I was also looking at Ambleside Online going into this year, and I just was overwhelmed by how much reading I would be doing separately for my kids. Um, but now I'm left feeling like I wish there was a little bit more, like we were doing more, um, we were learning more, like doing some more science or more art, um, and just having it a little bit more robust. And then, um, I wish, you know, sometimes it's hard for me to incorporate the activities and the cookbook items, which isn't really something that's wrong with the curriculum. I just find that kind of hard. Um, so I'm just, analyzing going forward. That's what I really liked about this curriculum is that there are activities and um, cookbook items, but with the ages of my kids and the time we have um, and how, I guess I'll give the example. There's some activities that involve like sewing, and I just find that really hard to do with my third grader, who's definitely at the age where she can be learning that, but my six-year-old and my three-year-old especially, like it's super stressful because I can't help three kids at once. And I just feel like my kids are the personality where they don't like just sit and watch very well. They want to be hands-on. And with projects like that, where I have to really like take my time and help each child, it just gets very stressful on me. And I don't have the time to work individually with each one like at separate times. And so that's been a little hard. Um, I wouldn't say it's something wrong with the curriculum, but it's just, you know, the season of life we're in that that just that kind of stuff is just really hard. I wish there were activities that I were a little bit more um, applicable to all ages. Um, But on the other hand, I'm saying I wish it were more robust. So I don't really know. I don't know the right answer there. So will we stick with it? I think so. Um, I did buy already Kind Kingdom, which is from the Peaceful Press. It's going through European history, and I already bought some of the books to go along with it. But I think what I'm going to do is use that as like a platform and then add more on to it. So things like science, art, maybe some more activities. I might add um, another, a couple more books that we'll do long term to just make it a little bit more robust because I think my kids would really like that. We're really looking forward to learning European history and like the medieval period and reading the Narnia books. So I think um, I can use it kind of as a launching pad and then adding more on top of it. Okay, let's talk handwriting. I know this isn't like a super crucial subject, but I do think it's important and something I wish I had spent more time perfecting as a kid because I still have horrible handwriting and I just think that's just going to be a fact of life for me. Maybe I need to practice with my kids. I don't know. My third grader, um, both my kids actually use, both my older girls, my third grader and my kindergartner used The Good and the Beautiful for handwriting this year. My third grader used The Good and the Beautiful level four. We kind of skipped level two, I think, and we went straight to three because she really wanted to learn cursive last year. And so level three is where the cursive is introduced. And she finished that. So this year she's been working on level four. Um, 
I am loving, oh, and my kindergartner is using Level K. Um, it's a small little book, and it's been really good for her because she doesn't always remember, like, and maybe it's not that she doesn't remember. She doesn't really care about, you know, how we're supposed to form the letters. She just wants to form them however it makes sense in that moment. So that's something we're really working on. Um, and so I love that we have a handwriting curriculum because I do think for things like that, it's really important. Um what I'm loving about this curriculum, first of all, it's super open and go, which I don't really know very many curriculum for handwriting that aren't open and go, but it's very open and go. They do it completely independently. So my third grader often does it at 530 in the morning when she gets up. That's just when she likes to get her independent work done. And so she'll do her page of handwriting then. And my kindergartner does it right when we start homeschooling time, like we brush our teeth. And then I go read a couple books with my three-year-old to give her one-on-one -on -one time. And that's when she does, my kindergartner does handwriting. So it only takes a few minutes for each of them, but it's worked really, really well. Um, what I'm not loving, you know, I really couldn't tell you um, the actual program itself. I really like, I like that for the younger years, especially my preschooler, I do have the preschool books, but my my daughter literally just turned three the start of the school year. So technically she would have been, um, we would be considering her preschool age next year. She's August, the end of August birthday. So we are doing preschool with her next year. So that would be her first year of preschool. So I'm not doing anything formal for handwriting for her, except just having her color a lot and paint and play Play-Doh, like build those fine motor skills. She loves cutting with scissors and things like that. So um, what I'm loving about the curriculum, though, with those younger years is that it really builds upon just fine motor and being able to follow lines before they actually start forming letters. So now my kindergartner is forming letters after doing those preschool books where they're doing more like drawing pictures and and um, tracing lines and things like that. I just think it's a really good approach to handwriting um, and getting them really good with that before they start doing letters. And so my kindergartner, I love that it's very short and to the point and very easy to follow, but she's still like having to write her name and her last name and her you know, draw pictures and things like that. And then for my third grader, I really love how they approach cursive and she's just absolutely loving it and really good at cursive now from that. So I would say it's definitely working. I think the only thing I don't like is that um, it's more expensive if you buy the PDF and print it yourself. But if you pay for it and have it shipped, it's cheaper for the item, but then you have to pay shipping, which I kind of hate. So I'm just used to Amazon. So will we stick with it? Uh, I would, but I am just an Amazon shopper. And so I just bought like a cheaper one on Amazon just because I feel like it basically does the same thing. Um, but we'll see. Maybe I'll hate switching and we'll go back to it. I don't really know. I don't have anything I don't like about it. I just wanted to save some money. Okay, next up is language arts or phonics. So I am using, or I was using at the start of the year, the good and the beautiful for both my third grader and my kindergartner. Now my third grader, because she went to public school for kindergarten and it was 2020, she was like doing really well reading before kindergarten. And then they had masks in school. And I really saw, um, first of all, just her reading skills drop off. And then she kind of hated reading. And so her first grade year, which was her first year of homeschooling, we really had to go back to basics with um, phonics and start back at 
level K. So she's like half a year. I'm not going to say behind, but she's in level two right now, just finishing up and we'll start level three. So she'll be like a half a year into level three. And then um, we'll probably continue it over the summer just to kind of, I don't want to say catch up, but that's, I basically want to get back to a point where we're like starting a book at the start of the year, not mid-year, but that's the beauty of homeschooling. You know, you can go with whatever your kids are at. Um, and then my kindergartner, we started with the good and the beautiful, but I just felt like, um, which I'll talk about why I'm not loving it, but I just felt like it was a lot of busy work and she was kind of getting frustrated with it. And so we switched to explode the code and then just doing, you know, Bob books and little readers and things like that. So what I am loving with the good and the beautiful is that, um, with my oldest is that she's learned to read really well through the program. Um, and she's starting, you know, grammar and sentence diagramming and things like that. And with Explode the Code, what I'm really loving with my kindergartner is that it's very short lessons. I have her do three pages a day. Um, the lessons are like, I don't know how many pages. There are a few pages. And then um, we don't do like a full lesson. I don't think anybody really does a full lesson for Explode the Code. But we do about three pages. That seems to keep her attention um, before she gets frustrated. And then... Uh, there's no fluff at all in that program. It's literally just phonics. There's no geography. There's no art. There's no anything. It's just um, spelling and reading, you know, phonics, the basics of phonics. And it's just worked really well for my six-year-old. Um, and I feel like it would have worked really well for my oldest had we done that approach when she was younger. I think she would have gotten less frustrated. Um but we'll see. I haven't done multiple years. My kindergartner, we switched uh, a couple months ago and she's now into book two. And I think there's eight books. And so I predict she'll be done by about the end of second grade. And then um, we'll see what we do at that point if we continue on. What I'm not loving with each of these. So first of all, the good and the beautiful with my third grader. I'm just, I love that they are incorporating other subjects, but because we are doing those already as a family, it just feels like busy work. So the geography, the art, the poetry, it's wonderful. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But just for our family, we're already doing those things as a family. So it's just extra stuff that I don't really need and sometimes skip or my daughter kind of, if I skip it, then my daughter feels like it's not valuable. And so I don't want to teach her that these things aren't valuable. But the reason we're not doing them sometimes is because we're already covering those things with our family style curriculum. Um, and some of the lessons, I, I just find it weird that some of the lessons are super short and some of the lessons end up being very long. And I wish it were just a little bit more um consecutive, consistent, I guess, among each lesson. Um, other than that, like it's been okay. It's not my favorite in the whole world, but it's just what we went with at the beginning. And I have heard, um, you know, we're not Mormon and I have heard from friends as their kids went on, they did find more of those Mormon principles, philosophies kind of interwoven in. And so I think now is probably a good time to switch with Explode the Code, um, the only thing I don't really like, I guess, is that I just worry at times that because we don't have, I didn't buy like a teacher guide or anything. I think there probably is one. I just didn't buy it. Um, I just feel like because it's so different than The Good and the Beautiful, I feel like my daughter might miss things. But yet I know so many people who have used Explode the Code and their kids became fluent readers. So 
Um, it's just such a different approach to reading than The Good and the Beautiful. So I we're still at the beginning. So I just really don't know how I'm going to feel about it um, in a couple of years. So we'll see. And, you know, every child learns differently. So will we stick with these things? Will we stick with The Good and the Beautiful? I don't really know. So we, I did go ahead and just print the free version of level three for my oldest because we're going to finish, you know, in a matter of weeks, like one or two weeks, we're going to finish level two and move into level three. So I just decided to go ahead with level three and decide later what we're going to do if we're just going to end phonics because she's, you know, at a good place and maybe add in more writing or grammar and stuff like that or um, what we're going to do. So I don't really know if you guys have suggestions. Let me know at worklifeglue on Instagram because I just feel like there's so many options. But this is where I really just feel stuck because I was with a program that's like fully language arts and now I have to decide like are we going to continue with just parts of this or what are we going to do? Um, With Explode the Code, I do plan to continue with my um, kindergartner, once she hits first grade, we'll just keep going and see what happens and, you know, add more books to read with her as we continue. So she just keeps getting more fluent in her reading and and better and better every year. Okay, math. I am using The Good and the Beautiful for both of my older daughters, my third grader and my kindergartner. My third grader is doing level three math and my kindergartner is doing kindergarten math. I did start the the kindergarten level math with my youngest last year. So she's actually halfway through the book already. So we actually haven't done a lot of math this year because I realized I didn't want her moving too fast because I feel like at some point she may get she may get to a point where what we're learning is too advanced for where she's at developmentally. And maybe not, but I just didn't want to progress too fast because I think some math principles just make more sense when your brain is more developed for some kids. You know, some kids are really gifted at math. I don't know that if she's going to be a kid like that. I just have no clue. So we've just been not really doing it a whole lot, maybe once or twice a week, if even that, because I didn't want her to get too far ahead. But obviously, we're reading lots of counting books and we're learning about the days of the week and things like that, which are all part of math. So it's not like she's not doing any math. But we're going to start the rest of the year. She'll be doing three to four days of math um, so she can finish the book by the end of the year. So she'll be done with level K this year. So what I'm loving about The Good and the Beautiful Math, I really do comparatively between math and language arts, I really love their math more than their language arts. I love how it really makes it hands-on and applicable to real life. Like every single thing they learn is in terms of like a real-world Um, situation. And so I really do love that. It's showing kids like how we use everyday math, even far after, you know, they've finished whatever book they're in. And it, the pictures and the examples make it really fun and engaging. And we're kind of learning, especially with level three, um, there's like, I think we're learning about four different, maybe it's more than that. We're learning about different areas of the world and there's different characters that are doing different things. We're actually learning like different foods and different things they do in these areas of the world, which is kind of a cool thing. It's not taking extra time, but it's just through the examples that they give that we are learning about that. So I just think that's a, a pretty cool approach um, for the at least the third grade math. I didn't see that in the other grades. They're just set up differently. Um, but I just think it's very engaging. My oldest daughter has always really 
loved math, I think because of the good and the beautiful and because math is very cut and dry. She would get really mad about the English language with phonics because in one word, E-I says E, and another word, it says something else. Like she just gets so mad that the rules aren't always consistent. But with math, they are. And so she's really like that. Um, I like the manipulatives. I love that it comes with a little box. And so some lessons are more engaging and they're actually using their hands and we're playing games and doing things like that. And it's not just so cut and dry. It just works really well with her mind, my oldest mind at least. And I really do love the spiral approach. We're going back and we're reviewing things constantly. At the end of every lesson, we're going back and reviewing so that we don't forget any of those other principles we've learned. I I really like that approach. What I'm not loving. Um, I felt like the jump from second grade to third grade with the math felt like a huge jump. Like we're spending so much more time on math um, and just the amount of... Um, problems every single day is just so much more. And I know I could cut some of those if I thought my daughter knew them, but it's just really hard for me to do that. Quite honestly, I'm like very type A overachiever, so I want to get everything done. So that's probably more of a me thing than the curriculum. Um, I think it's probably good that they have more times to practice, but I just thought it kind of was a big leap from one year to the next and how long it takes us to do math. And then with this particular program curriculum, you use musical multiplication to learn your times tables. And so I ended up their audio files and a little book so they can like look at the picture. And it's like two times four is eight, eight monkeys on a gate or whatever. I haven't listened to all of them with her, but she listens to these songs every day. There's four different song, four different, um, like levels. And by the end of the four levels, you know, like all the way up to 12 times 12. And so I ended up putting those on a Yodo card so she could listen to it on her own in the mornings as part of her independent work. And so she's doing that. And I, you know, it's working to some degree, but because they don't go in order, which I think works for some kids, you know, obviously this program works for some kids, but for her, sometimes it'll be, we'll be doing math and she'll like, just really not be able to figure out or remember one of her times tables. And it's hard for her to figure it out, um, which I I think is because she does hasn't learned them in order. So I'll say like, if she forgets what seven times eight is, well, I'll say, okay, well, what's seven times seven? And then she has to like search through our mind to remember that one. And it's, you know, and then I'm like, well, then you just add seven more. And she gets multiplication in theory, but I just think learning the times table has, has been a little frustrating. So we ended up buying a new CD off of Amazon where they do them, like they do all the two times up to 12, and then they do all the three times up to 12 um, so that she can learn them consecutively because I just think that's makes sense in your brain because that's how you kind of figure it out. Um, and it just makes sense because multiplication is grouping numbers and it makes sense to learn all the threes together and all the fours, at least in my mind, I'm not a curriculum developer for math, but, um, that's just what makes sense to me. And, um, it makes it easier to figure out if you've forgotten one of them. Um, so I'm going to see how that goes with her, but that's like one of the main things I don't like about it. I, will I stick with it? Um, I will say, Yes, and I don't know. I'm sticking with it with my kindergartner. I already have the um, math boxes for up to third grade, and so I don't need to pay anything for my younger daughter. I'm just going to print it all out because um, they offer it free. 
online if you just print it yourself. So I'm going to do that since I already have the manipulative box. So it makes it free for my youngest to do homeschool math. And so I'm going to stick with that. For my third grader, I am really looking into a program that does some portion online, like it does the teaching online. And then she does like obviously the the work on her own, but it doesn't rely so much on me because I think especially as she gets older and the math becomes harder. Um, first of all, I can totally see us having frustrations with each other, which I would like to avoid part of that if I can. And so if there's a teacher teaching her and I can just step in when she needs help, I think that would be really healthy for our relationship. Um, if you have daughters, I'm sure you know what I mean. I'm trying to preserve our relationship as much as I can, especially as we get to the teen years um, when math's going to be a lot harder and I may not be the best at teaching it at that point. Like I love algebra all the way up to algebra, but once we get to like geometry and trig and if she wants to do calculus, like I'm probably not going to be a whole lot of help unless she needs help and then I can figure it out and help her. But um, we'll see. But I'm looking into like I looked into teaching textbooks, but I just we tried it out and she thought it was really easy and I thought it was super easy. So I didn't know if she would need to skip a grade or if the program is just more easy. Um, I looked into Beast Academy, which seems like really rigorous and really good, but it's just very expensive if you get the online version plus the books, which is what they recommend. And then if I moved all of my kids to that, math would be super duper expensive. So I really I want to avoid that if I can. And then I have a friend who does Matthew C. And so I thought about doing that because at least we can reuse things every year. Like I'll spend a lot on her, but then the younger ones, I'll just have to get like the workbooks over time. And that uses video lessons. So that may be the approach we go for next year. I'm just not for sure yet. Okay. Those are like the main, you know, the main things we think of when we think of homeschool curriculum. But let's talk about notebooking and nature study. So um, I don't follow like a curriculum for nature study, but we do um, our co-op that we're part of does do themed nature hikes and nature study at co-op and then um, the off weeks and and hiking and stuff like that. We haven't done a lot of the hiking. I want to do more of that. I just have a very difficult three-year-old who doesn't like walking long distances. And so that's been very hard on my back and very hard on just me stress wise. So, um, we hope to do more of that next year. I think she'll be a lot better when she's four. And, um, we do a lot of just walks around our neighborhood and things like that and observing nature as a family. So I'm loving just observing nature, looking things up in our, our guides and things like that and drawing nature and discussing it with friends at co-op. I guess what I'm not loving is just that I'm not super consistent or intentional with it. So maybe I will look into like a nature curriculum to add to our morning time or just being more intentional about it. Um, But I'm not planning to like go crazy with it or anything. I just want it to be very gentle um, and maybe a little bit more intentional. As far as independent reading, my third grader usually reads a minimum of 15 minutes a day on her own up to 30 minutes. Um, and what I'm having her do right now is trade off reading a book she wants to read and then reading a book that is like among ones that I want her to read. So I won't tell her specifically what to read, but I have a whole bunch of books that she can choose from of more like classics or Christian based books. Um, so she can alternate between, um, she's really loving the Lightkeeper series she got for Christmas and it's, uh, I think there's four books and each book is like 
has a different focus and it's all about different Christian women who, you know, did good things or or did something unique and special and good in their life. So there's like women who changed the world, women who made a difference. And so it's highlighting their lives. So each chapter is on a different woman. And I think it's just a really cool way to see how God has worked in lots of people's lives and how he's used people for different things and how we each have a purpose. Um, And she's just, you know, learning about really amazing women, Christian women. So she's really liking that series. I I was kind of surprised. I didn't know if she would like it, but she really is. Um, and then she listens to a ton of audiobooks through our Yodo player as well. So that does not count towards her 15 or 30 minutes. Like that, the 15 to 30 minutes is her actually sitting down with a book and reading it on her own. Um, the extra, uh, the Yodo player is just extra. So she listens to that in the morning. She listens to it when she's having like free play. She listens to it at night when she's falling asleep. Like she spends hours just listening to books. She has really loved The Secret Garden, Little Princess, Betsy Tacy. I put on a make your own card. Those are some of her recent favorites. So I just love that she's being exposed to a lot of vocabulary and values and stories that, you know, even beyond just her independent reading. And then my kindergartner, because she's very new with reading, doesn't do independent reading yet. I think I will add it next year because she'll be able to read more like emerging reader books um, at that point. What I'm loving about this is just that it's worked out really well. My nine-year-old usually reads right away in the morning or we read together at night. Like we cuddle up on the couch after her little sisters go to bed and I read my book and she reads her book and we just cuddle and it's just been really nice. Um, And she just really, my oldest just really, really loves reading now. And I'm just so happy because I was worried for a couple of years there when she was just getting so frustrated with reading because I'm an English teacher and I just love stories and books and I love reading and I was worried she wouldn't. But now that she's able to read more fluently, it's really opened her whole world up to the love of books. And so I'm just really happy with that. There's really nothing I'm not loving about that. And will we stick with independent reading? Of course. Um, My oldest, I think, will go up to 30 minutes minimum next year once she's, you know, done a lot more phonics work. And then my youngest will start having to do independent reading for like, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a day when she's in first grade. Okay, let's talk preschool. I did mention this already, but as far as like at home preschool, if you want to call it that with my three-year-old, what I do with her is I read two two to three books of her choice at the very start of the homeschool day while my oldest does typing and my youngest does, or my middle daughter does um, handwriting. I will read and spend some time with my youngest and we do a couple books that she chooses out of our little bookshelf that we have in our living room. And then we read an alphabet book. We have the alpha block book, which I highly recommend. So she's really learned all of her letters, but we also have a few themed alphabet books where it's like A is for alligator, B is for bear, whatever, like animal themed ones so that she can just learn even more about her letters and what what, um, words start with them because that's just the best way I've found to learn letters. And so she knows all of her letters Um, She knows some of the sounds and she knows all of her numbers. That's basically from doing calendar work, I would say, and just counting with her a lot um, and having lots of puzzles. She knows all of her shapes, her colors, all of that, just mainly through reading and just interacting with her. Um, I do occasionally do Explode the Code. I, I have Explode the Code A, which is like the preschool 
one. Um, but I only pull that out if she's like, I want to do school. And it's still, you know, she's a very young three-year-old. So it's still very, um, I would say, above her age right now. Um, I would much rather just do learning through experience. But sometimes she comes to me after I do phonics with her older sisters. And she's like, I want to do school. So I'll pull that out for her. Um, and then I read a lot. You know, we listen to a book during lunch. We read books during um, right before nap time for her. We read books during snack. We read um, at the end of the day before bed and she listens to her Yodo. So we are getting a lot of reading in with her. Um, and I'm just loving our special time we have together and um, doing lots of activity bins and things. I've started doing eight different activity bins. I share them on my Instagram. So she's really loving that. And just, I'm really trying to build her fine motor and just getting her loving reading and learning um, and stuff like that. So I'm just loving the special time I have with her and being able to be with her. We're not really doing anything formal yet. Um, and I guess what I'm not loving is just that, you know, homeschooling is really hard with three-year-old. We're getting better you know, but she just needs a lot of love and attention. And sometimes that comes in not so pleasant behaviors that we need to work on when we're in the middle of a homeschool day. We are definitely getting better and I see vast improvement. So will we stick with this? Yes and no. Like we'll continue doing all of these things that we're already doing. Um, but I did sign her up for Christian preschool next year, two mornings a week, mainly because I want her to make friends and I want her to um, I guess mainly because I want her to make friends and be in the community a little bit more. She's not in, as involved in activities as my older two because she's little and there's not as much for her to do. Um, and I want to be more gentle in that. But I just um, really love our, our local preschool. And so she's going to do that two mornings a week. And then that also is a great time for me to add in more science and art with my older two um, and kind of take away that part of homeschooling that's been hard for me having a three-year-old because some of the activities are just really hard to do with a three-year-old. So now if she's gone two mornings a week, that'll open up more time for me to do some more robust learning with my older two. Um, so yeah, my biggest thoughts for next year are adding um, some more science. And I don't know if I'm going to go with like, I don't think I'm going to go with like a formal science program. I really want it to be more living book based and then we add in some experiments or um, activities and things like that. I just I really love the Charlotte Mason approach. So I'm thinking of something like that. And then I also did buy an art curriculum. I'll talk more about in an episode where I share what we're doing next year for sure once I know. But I really wanted something a little bit more formal for art where they're learning different techniques and things like that because I just think that's um, kind of hard to learn through living books, I guess, if you're being honest. And I'm not a big art person, so it's not something I can really teach them. So I bought something that's going to teach them different elements of art with very um, gentle and fun art projects with stuff like we have around the house. So it's still very gentle. Um, but I think my girls will really, really love that. So I'm excited about that. And then lastly, co-op. Um, our co-op is a Charlotte Mason co-op we do with friends. A couple friends created it, and I was lucky, lucky enough to be part of it from the beginning. We do hymn and folk songs there. We do prayer. We do recitation where the kids can recite something in front of the rest of the group. We do narration where the older, my oldest daughter is um, listening to a biography being read aloud, and then they have to stop and narrate, which is a big Charlotte Mason principle. And then my kindergartner, they've been working through Paddington, um, so listening and kind of coloring while they do that, and then narrating. 
which is a great skill to have. They do handicrafts. So they've done weaving this year and then paper sloyd is what they're currently doing for their handicraft. They do composer study. Um, and I think those are like the main things that we do in our, our co-op. What I'm loving, absolutely everything. I love being with my friends. Um, and I, we do stuff with the little kids too. I'm actually in with the little kids right now. So I just do like preschool stuff. So Bible songs and a lot of reading and a craft here and there, coloring, Play-Doh, snack, um, and just loving on them mainly. It's just a a great place for them. And I absolutely love it. I love getting to know my friends' kids more um, and learning together. It's just a great way to, I guess, quote unquote, socialize, even though I don't really like to think of it like that. I just think of it as a fun um, supplement to our homeschool and just having time with our amazing community. So I'm loving absolutely everything. There's nothing I don't love except sometimes I'm like, oh, it's over already. I, I want to spend more time with them. But um, the same group that we do hikes and stuff with, and then my book club is also with them. So I definitely get to see my friends a lot, which is wonderful. And our kids um, are getting closer and closer, which is also awesome. And we will definitely be sticking with that for next year. That is everything that I can think of for this year, what I'm loving, what I'm not loving, kind of my thoughts on heading into next year when I have a fourth grader, a first grader, and a legit first year preschooler. Um, I will be you know, solidifying my ideas and my plans for next year in the upcoming months, and I will share those when the time comes. If you have thoughts you want to share, head on over to Instagram. I'll be breaking down each of these, um, and you can comment over there or just DM me on Instagram. I love chatting about curriculum and um, helping people, but also getting your feedback. If there's something I said that you're like, oh, this curriculum would be perfect or this book or whatever would be perfect, let me know. I'm always, you know, hunting for different resources, as I'm sure all homeschool moms are. We just love, we love the thrill of the hunt and trying new things with our kids. It's just been really fun. So I hope you guys enjoyed this slightly different um, episode and I will See you soon next week. Um, Happy homeschooling. Thank you for stopping by my little cozy home here on the internet. I pray this podcast episode blessed your life and helped encourage you. I would appreciate so much if you would leave a rating and review and why not share this episode with a friend while you're at it. Make sure to follow me on Instagram as well at worklifeblue for tons more inspiration and encouragement for fellow working homeschool moms. And don't forget to add a little fun into your day. Happy homeschooling. I'll see you next time.